Support for WABE comes from Virtual Imaging. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Utilizing low-dose radiation scans that reveal cancers, cardiac issues, precursors of dementia, and more. Information about early health screenings at virtualimagingatl.com. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. There are just 12 days until primary day in Georgia. And candidates are making their final pitches. If you're looking for somebody to just go fight, y'all, I mean fight, to get this country back on track, then I need your help. I'm running for Secretary of State because it's time that we have someone in the Secretary of State's office that understands the challenges and threats that we have and actually is willing to do the work of the Secretary of State. Voters are trying to make up their minds. The most important thing is your vote, and if you think you don't have it, you don't have anything. So that's that's number one issue with me. What issues and races are driving voters to the polls? Certainly, um, I'm voting in the primary, but you know, eventually it's going to be the gubernatorial election and the senatorial election. Superintendent of schools is important to me. And what other shoes could drop in the final run up to May 24th? I'm Raul Bally, WABE politics reporter. I'm Susanna Capaluto, politics editor at WABE in Atlanta. I'm Emma Hurt, reporter for Axios in Atlanta. WABE Sam Greenglass is on assignment. And this is Georgia Votes 2022, a podcast about the midterm elections from WABE. I vote because it's a privilege. I vote it's a duty. because I want to make an impact. I vote because I want leaders who care voting about Voting is the gift of so freedom. So voting matters to me because I believe there is value in my voice. Emma and Raul, good to see you guys. You two have been out on the campaign trail this week. Let's start with you, Emma. What's the mood out there? You know, I went to see David Perdue in Paulding County this week, and it was chill. There were maybe a dozen voters at this event in Paulding County in exurban Atlanta. And, uh, you know, Purdue himself didn't seem to be phased by that. But I talked to a voter beforehand was like, well, this isn't very good, is it? Um, so that's that was the mood on the Purdue trail that I saw. I don't know if really you've heard anything differently. Meanwhile, Kemp seems to really be rallying energy. You know, he just got an endorsement from Speaker of the House, David Ralston. He's got a whole lot of other support coming in. We can talk about more, but the energy definitely seems to be with Kemp. What about you, Raul? You went to a Democratic event in Atlanta. What was the mood there? So I was at Tuesday's Fulton County Democratic Party Forum at Ebenezer Baptist Church. Now, that's the church pastored by Senator Raphael Warnock, and at one time, Martin Luther King Jr., the audience got to hear from a range of candidates, multiple races, uh, you know, including school superintendent and secretary of state. Now, when the candidates and their staffs were, were not on stage, the two frustrations I heard from, from them was the struggle to raise money and the struggle to get media attention. And in both cases, they feel like the Republican races for Senate and governor are taking up all the oxygen in the media. But they also felt like that about the Democratic races when it came to raising money, they feel like that Raphael Warnock and Stacey Abrams are the ones that are, the word that was used to me was vacuuming up the money, is what somebody <laughs> said to me. And remember, Stacey Abrams has no opponent in the in the May primary. Senator Warnock's opponent's not getting much traction. So 
and and some of that is translating to what voters are telling me. And I'll talk about that more in a minute when we talk about voters. Well, let's talk about the voters then. Emma, you've rolled out an interesting story today based on a panel of swing voters. Tell us about that. Yeah, so Axios has been doing swing voter focus groups in battleground states around the country, and Georgia's was this week, and I got to listen in. And uh, the story is really about how, you know, these are 13 swing voters, largely in metro Atlanta, meaning they voted for Trump in 2016, voted for Biden in 2020. And the big headline for me is that while all of them expressed that they feel strongly about abortion rights policies. They're really upset about the possibility of overturning Roe v. Wade. None of them said that's an issue they're going to vote solely on. Like, none of them are planning to vote Democratic just as a protest. And that really upends the national narrative coming from Democrats right now, thinking that that might happen. And by the same time, I'll say the voters also said that they don't blame President Biden for inflation outright, which is the narrative that Republicans are trying to count on with these swing voters, that that this group of people is really, they're balancing a lot of things. They blame Biden partially, but they're not saying we're going to vote Republican just because I'm worried about the economy. They're worried about a lot of things at once. And I mean, there were some interesting tidbits about the Georgia races, too. Only one person knew any of Herschel Walker's primary opponents, but everyone expressed concerns about Walker's past, allegations of domestic abuse, business dealings, etc. So they're not quite sure how to feel about Walker. They just don't know who anyone else is in the Republican primary. And then, you know, really interesting tidbits about Stacey Abrams and Brian Kemp. The majority of people said their opinion of Kemp has changed in the last four years. And it was kind of a mixed bag, but across the board, admiration for the way he handled the election. Remember, we're talking about swing voters. None mm-hmm. of these people believe the election was stolen. Right. But at the same time, a little bit of like, kind of seems like maybe he's playing both sides of the fence, describing Kemp as wishy-washy in terms of trying to appeal to, you know, two ends of the spectrum, perhaps. And then of Stacey Abrams, I thought it was interesting that only two people's opinions of her had changed in four years, that her brand seems to have stayed pretty consistent with this group as a driven fighter. You know, these are some of the words that people use to describe her. And so this focus group I found fascinating because these are the voters, the mythical swing that voters. That's 5%, uh-huh. right? That we're, that, that, what, what is it? Georgia is sort of 47-52. You only have that 5% to really work with. Yeah. And in, in <laughs> a lot of states, yeah. you worry about putting too much stock in the swing voters. Uh-uh. And Not in Georgia. <laughs> at the same time, like when our margins are so narrow, these voters matter too. They're those split ticket voters. Could be. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Um, it'll be a long, long year ahead. Now, Raul, you were not talking to swing voters. You talked to people who voted in early voting. What are they saying? So I hung out at the Ponce Library here in Atlanta, Democratic stronghold. And, and every voter I ended up talking to was a Democratic voter. One of the voters I talked to was Richard Goldsmith of Atlanta. And, and he had kind of a similar idea that that it's the top races that even though they're not competitive on the democratic side he still came and voted in that i mean certainly um i'm voting in the primary but you know eventually it's going to be the gubernatorial election and the senatorial election so those, those are the two main ones now some of the other races that i heard talked about and other issues there's there's some local ballot initiatives that that people care about but again, you know, what I mentioned earlier feels like, you know, Senate and governors taking up all the oxygen on both sides. That's what I heard from voters. And here was the other interesting thing. So a couple of voters would say this. They wouldn't say this on microphone because they were kind of embarrassed. But I had two voters tell me they, they skipped lieutenant governor Democrat 
and Secretary of State Democrat because there were too many candidates in those races. So they don't want to make the choice. So they want other people to choose for them. It's confusing. Well, and there's <laughs> two two logics. Number one, I wanted to vote, make sure that, you know, Stacey Abrams and Warnock were, were set on the ballot, even though that's really not an issue. And they wanted to vote way down the ballot, again, on some local issues, on some local sales tax and bond referendums, and that they were looking ahead to either the runoff or or the general election in those races. Before we take a break, I'd like to put in a plug for some of our other WABE podcasts. Check out TechCast, where Emil Moffat digs into Atlanta's tech scene. And our housing reporter, Stephanie Stokes, has a fascinating podcast series out right now called The Last Year at Forest Cove. Forest Cove is one of Atlanta's worst public housing projects and this is a great listening experience so check it out i'm Susanna capaluto and this is georgia votes 2022 support for wabe comes from virtual imaging believing it's not just about living longer it's about living healthier longer providing medical diagnostics to help catch deadly or debilitating diseases early you can learn more on proactive screenings at virtualimagingatl.com Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Welcome back to Georgia Votes 2022. I'm Susanna Capaluto. I'm joined today by Emma Hurd and Raul Bali. Emma, you just reported on some news out of the 7th Congressional District race, which is also in its final sprint. What do we need to know there? Remember, this is the primary race between two Democratic incumbent representatives who, after redistricting, one decided to run in the other's district. Lucy McBath, Carolyn Bordeaux, both flipped Republican districts and are now competing against each other. Democrats' Mm. worst nightmare. But the latest news is about additional outside funding that Lucy McBath is getting from Mike Bloomberg's gun control group, Everytown, for gun safety. And, you know, they've supported her for a long time. But what this highlights is just the discrepancy in in outside funding that these two are attracting. Macbeth has gotten it from several groups, uh, Bordeaux just from one. And Macbeth also has a fundraising advantage over Bordeaux. I'll just say that Bordeaux's counterpoint to this is Unlike McBath, I'm grounded in this community. Two-thirds of the new district is Bordeaux's old district, and Bordeaux's been campaigning there for five years. And she thinks that those personal relationships are going to be what carry her over the line or possibly carry them both into a runoff. Raul, another congressional race we have been watching is the 10th district. What do we need to know there? So this is the congressional district that's currently represented by Republican Congressman Jody Heiss. He's running for Secretary of State now. Now, the district has been redrawn. There are some changes, but again, it's a strongly Republican district that will be decided in the primary. There are a large number of candidates in that race, but but really here are the four that you really want to watch. First of all, Vernon Jones. Uh, he is endorsed by Donald Trump. He is a former Democrat. He was a, a, a Democratic legislator just a few years ago. And so he's gotten a lot of attention jumping into that race. Mike Collins, who has run for this seat before, he is strongly pro-Trump. He's been blasting Vernon Jones. Paul Brown, another former Republican congressman, uh, is running. And then State Representative Timothy Barr. Now, he's endorsed by the incumbent, Jody Heiss, also endorsed by Andrew Clyde. And 
now I'm starting to hear his ads running. And you know, Rahul, can I ask you a question about this? Because it's a lot of candidates, it's a confusing primary, but it's really interesting. And what do you think we learn about where Georgia Republicans are right now from this primary? So, Em, I went to the Walton County GOP meeting on Monday. That was another event I went to. It's a county I like to go to to get the pulse on the Republican Party. It's one of the biggest in, in the state. It's got this great mix of of people who who live and work there or live and commute to Atlanta or you know or live and commute to the University of Georgia in Athens. So I love getting kind of the Republican feel there. And so all of the candidates from that race were there, Emma. Two interesting things. Number one, of the eight 10th congressional candidates who spoke at the Walton County GOP, four of them repeated some range of, of the unfounded claims of the 2020 election, including Mike Collins, flatly saying the election was stolen. You know something, I, I've been the chairman of Butts County Republican Party for seven years. I've been working those polls. Was this election stolen in 2020? Yeah. Yes, it was. I was there. I was there when the stacks of absentee ballots came in. The only one had a signature on it. The other interesting dynamic, Vernon Jones was there, who I just mentioned, former Democrat, who's now being endorsed by Donald Trump. And that's an interesting dynamic because when you talk to voters, they're like, I love Donald Trump. You know, I support Donald Trump, but I don't think I can make the jump for Vernon Jones. And so those are the two interesting dynamics, the, the, the Trump dynamic and then the elections. And I think that's really interesting also because this is one example of where Trump's endorsement is really kind of a stretch for his base. I mean, he's endorsed so many people around the country and he's spread his, his sort of favors very thin. And this is one example where you have a Trump-endorsed former Democrat, people in North Georgia don't seem to be taking it hook, line, and sinker. And I, I do want to mention one other thing that happened at that meeting. Current Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger also spoke there. And kind of a, the big question people asked me, well, what was the reaction? It was crickets. You know, he went up there, he gave his speech. There was, wasn't much reaction, so. And yeah, we have to remember, that's Jody Heiss's district. So Raffensperger's challenger, Jody Heiss, they know him. So it's not likely to be a Raffensperger stronghold, I'd say. So let's look ahead to the final run-up towards the May 24th primary. Emma, what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, right now we're just seeing this consolidation, like a rallying cry of Republicans around the country coming to defend Kemp. And these are Republicans, you know, who have been unafraid to take stands against Trump or have drawn Trump's ire. We have George W. Bush headlining a fundraiser for Kemp in Texas on Monday, which is just wild to think about. We have several governors who Trump has not loved, um, including Doug Ducey of Arizona, Pete Ricketts of Nebraska, former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie. All these people are coming on the trail with Kemp in the last week and a half before the election. And I mean, we also have Mark Short, Mike Pence's former chief of staff, who's joined Kemp's team as an advisor. So we just have this tidal wave, it seems, of, quote, establishment support behind Kemp. And meanwhile, of course, former President Trump fired back on this, calling the governor's rhinos for coming in to, you know, join Kemp. But then Chris Christie responded. It's kind of funny. I want to just read it. He said, insightful commentary about three Republican governors who were overwhelmingly reelected by their people from a former president who lost to Joe Biden. Maybe the R in rhino really stands for reelected. So we're just seeing the divide within the Republican Party of the pro-Trump and people who aren't afraid to stand up to him. So, Emma, do you expect a visit from former President Trump? 
So as of now, not hearing of any plans for an in-person rally, but you do never know with Trump. However, you know, another tele-rally might be in the works. Now, Raul, what are you watching for and what are you hearing? You know, I, I don't cover a ton of endorsements. I think the Trump endorsements are always interesting. But there is discussions uh, among the Democratic activists about will Fair Fight and or Stacey Abrams jump into these races at the last second, um, especially the, I think the races I keep hearing, lieutenant governor and secretary of state. And does that move the needle in one direction or another with, with as many candidates that are in that race? The other thing that I'm hearing from, from the campaigns and from the candidates is there's going to be a short turnaround for anybody who's in a runoff. It's only four weeks. You know, something that's changed in the law in Georgia. There's really not going to be this moment, a break to catch your breath after the election on May 24th. It's hit the ground running on the morning of the 25th. Oh, Raul, the R word, man. Runoffs. I'm trying to pretend like it's not happening, but here we are. Yeah, Georgia is a 50% plus one state, as the country knows very well, after our Senate runoffs. <laughs> so... There might be more to come after right. May 24th. I should let you know, Susanna, I am taking two days off. Um, after? 24th. Right after that, right. but then I'll be back. I'll be back, back right out of the two cafe Two-day vacation. Two-day. It's not, not, you cannot take two yeah. days. Now, the WAB politics team is working on a story coming out next week on the seven things to watch in Georgia's primary. And besides the Republican Senate and governor's races, we will take a look at the Trump slate down ballot because he's endorsed a lot of people down ballot for insurance commissioner even. So we're going to see how these candidates are doing. Then in the secretary of state's race, of course, can incumbent secretary of state Brad Raffensperger survive? He's got a lot of national attention after 2020. He's written a book. He's defended Georgia's elections. But his standing in the state Republican Party is just not very clear. And also the 14th Congressional District. We're going to try to find out if Marjorie Taylor Greene is at all vulnerable in that district. And you can read the rest all on WABE.org coming out next week. Can't wait. And that's all the time we have for this edition of Georgia Votes 2022. Raul, Emma, thank you for your insights. Always so fun. We'll see you next week. Georgia Votes 2022 is a production of the WABE Politics Team. You can email us with any questions or comments, georgiavotes at wabe.org. Check out our other podcasts, including Political Breakfast with WABE's Lisa Ram and political strategist Theron Johnson and Brian Robinson. It drops every Wednesday. We'll see you next week. Local, state, national politics. WABE and NPR have the coverage you need. I'm Jim Burris, host of WABE's All Things Considered. Whether it's on the air at 90.1, streaming online, or connecting through our mobile app, WABE keeps you on top of election 2024 in what's sure to be a pivotal year in politics. And for candidates and ballot information, visit our election hub at wabe.org slash election 2024. The Gold Dome Scramble podcast is now plugged in, a WABE politics podcast. New name, same on-the-ground reporting from us, WABE politics reporters Sam Greenglass and Raul Bally. We'll cover local, state, and national politics as we talk to politicians and voters to break down each week's biggest headlines. 
New episodes drop on Fridays. Listen and subscribe at WABE.org or your favorite podcast platform. WABE.